Hello and welcome to the Wolf Den Podcast, your home for competitive Digimon TCG discussion and news. I'm your host, Nako, joined by my co-host, Zenitsu. And this week, we'll be talking about the August 20th webcam regionals, as well as some developments in the meta and what it really means to be a rock, paper, scissors. So as far as uh, going over the events on Core TCG, there was actually a pretty decent healthy spread of a lot of different decks that performed well in the top 16. So going over that really quickly, first place we have uh, Melga X, second place we have Alphamon, third place we have Gaiomon, fourth place we have Lilifloop, fifth place we have Alphamon, sixth place we have uh, Melga X, seventh place we have D Brigade, eighth place we have another Melga X, ninth we have D Reaper, tenth we have another Melga X, eleventh uh, we have Security Control, twelfth we have Alpha, thirteenth we have uh, Gaiomon, fourteenth we have uh, Where or not Where uh, War Gray X, fifteenth uh, we have Grandis, and sixteenth we have a Red Yellow Hybrid. So that's a total of, what, 10 different decks being represented in top 16. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Guru is the highest represented with four toppings and Alphamon at three. Then we have Gaio at two. And then everything else was just a one of, which still is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, it's good to see that either um, people are really figuring that the quote-unquote tier one decks of like melga and alpha aren't that good that they everyone needs to play them and that's all you'll see or just that we really do have a world where provided you see the right cards and you have like uh, not a terrible like opponent security then pretty much any of the tier 1.5 decks can win i mean some of these would almost be considered tier two based on like representation um I know Deep Brigade's kind of on the rise. Um, it's just a deck that never really got uh, too much worse with the additional support other decks got, and still has a uh, a good spread as far as like how it answers the current meta. Because a lot of the Deep Brigade decks, they just literally cut all of the fluff and filler of various other packages. Uh, outside of maybe a few small cyborg support cards. And then they're just running straight up pure D-Brigade still uh, with the inclusion of a decent amount of security bombs. And sometimes those security bombs are going to take you far just because of how the format is currently playing with a lot of decks just holding one Digimon and raising and then moving out. And then the fact that Black has the Digivolve and that's a form of removal that uh, I don't think any deck has any nothing protection extra, against. Nothing protects against it, yeah. Yeah, outside of literally just having the Digimon stand alone, nothing underneath, nothing on top. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of decks that are doing that right now. Uh, so it's just a good deck to go into the meta with, especially with it just being a fast, low-to-the-ground aggro deck, for the most part, outside of a couple of small setups. Yeah. Um, anyone that's familiar with the deck previously, it's running a lot of the same cards. Um, a lot of the notable improvements come in the form of Death X, obviously a great card, very splashable in a lot of decks. Um, just takes advantage of opponents trying to set up and take uh, set up a perfect stack, and you can kind of 
blow them out for putting their tamers down, giving them something that they really can't get rid of. They have the uh, new EX2 tamer, who allows them to gain a memory if they have a cyborg or machine in their traits, of which the command Jermon are, as well as when one of them becomes suspended, you can tap the tamer to draw one trash one. Uh, a very beneficial effect, given that Dark Jermon really just wants to get played as soon as possible, and you need five D-Brigades in your trash to do so, um, at least to make it cost three total. Uh, so each activation of the Tamer puts a D-Brigade in the trash, preferably, and um, the Haguru allowing you to trash Digimon from your hand, Commandermon cycling itself, there just there are a lot of ways for this deck to put its own D Brigade in the trash without having to let them die, which p puts Dark Jermon online much faster than in previous formats. And then you're still just running like your black good stuff like Congo and uh, Grumblemon, and uh, you have uh, Pride Memory Boost as a really decent memory boost to try to help keep up the pressure while being able to set up if you don't have Izzy or just any memory-fixing tamer on the field for Dark Jermon. Like, it's it's a solid, well-rounded deck. Um, Something that I've been keeping track of as far as decks that I play and decks that I see are just, like, their actual number of security bombs, cards that, like, how likely are you to see a card in security that will benefit you, especially in decks that don't recover, so it's just a straight... These are my five security. These are only the five security I'll ever have. And with four copies of Chikirimon, four copies of Ultimate Flare, two copies of Iron Fisted, that's a lot of removal right there. Um, usually any one of those being enough to ruin somebody's day. Um, Iron Fisted doesn't work on Alphamon um, and stops. Um, but that's about it. The D Digivolve is effective against everything except for hard play Digimon. So I guess maybe like Grandis would be the easiest, because Grandis can't be D Digivolved once it trashes all its sources. Uh, but even I consider Death X to be a security bomb usually, because outside of Grandis and Alpha, the like the most common threat where at this point does care about hitting a Death X in security, and it will use an instance of its protection to do so. I mean, I don't think in that matchup you're like really that worried about losing your protection just because of how low uh, the deck is. You're more afraid of just the D-Digivolve just because that, that mechanic can really be super brutal. Sometimes like it's not going to be as bad depending on like what your stack is looking like, but it definitely can hurt quite a lot. And it's not just Melga that it can hurt. It hurts a lot of stack-based decks. So just like total cards that they don't want to see in security um, as far as things that will mess with aware stack it's it's almost 30 percent of the deck so you're 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 fairly guaranteed I mean not guaranteed you're you're decently likely to see one security threat either a single instance of D digivolve an ultimate flare a death X or even just dark Jermon itself being an 11k body usually kills or at least removes the an instance of protection from a wear stack. Uh, yeah. It's so like there, there still is things that the deck can do to, uh, mitigate the meta in in a way that's making it somewhat effective. 
which is why uh, it started topping recently when people figured all of this out. I mean, it, it's not like it's new, new knowledge. It's just the the reassurance and reoccurrence of it is uh, is always refreshing. The the red yellow hybrid is also pretty interesting to me. Um, it's basically it at least what it says to me is this is someone who was playing yellow hybrid in BT eight, and they just replaced copies of cards one to one because I'm just seeing the reflection of what the deck was and what the deck is, and so like the fact that they're still running seven rookies is the ratio that you used to run when you were running yellow eggs and yellow rookies in yellow hybrid that ran the four copies of Rapidmon. Now, this one doesn't run any Rapidmon. There's there, no decks really go wide enough to warrant it anymore. Um, but it's still running those seven rookies, the four pot copies of the promo Geomon, three copies of Geomon X Antibody, and then the four Gigimon. So it's, it's running red, but it's still running the same number of rookies. And then it's actually still running the same number of hybrids, total hybrids, uh, by removing uh, copies of Jet Sylphie and replacing them with red hybrids. Again, Jet Sylphie being restricted to one. And the cool part about the the tech on using the red hybrids is because you do have Tai and Kari Kamiya. That is a yellow-red tamer. So that not only just helps with the deck's overall uh, chip potential and having some decently sticky bodies just because of its effect to decrease the opponent's security's DP, but you could use it for, uh, obviously, red source for your options, and you could use it for your red hybrids as well to make them usable too. And a lot of the tech that they're going for uh, with the red stuff adds some extra built-in removal for smaller bodies, which is pretty decent still, just because uh, floodgates uh, are still a thing. They'll always be a thing, as long as like memory boosts are running around and various other tech uh, is being acknowledged and wanting to be used. So it just is there to kind of like pick off those problematic rookies, so that way they don't chip. And because their security is also kind of threatening with Gaia Force and Sunrise Buster... It really forces those bigger threats to hit something disadvantageous to them, so that way it puts you further ahead. Um, so other notable interactions because we really just don't see decks like this too too often. Um, I know I tried it early on. Um, well, I, I tried thought to yours make... was good though. Yeah, it was. I really I I had more of the the Rise Greymon um, Rise X package instead of just more hybrids, but it is something I also considered. Um, so no, yeah, notable interactions. Zoe can pull red hybrids. It just says to pull a hybrid from security. Doesn't have to be a yellow one. Uh, whereas you know normally TK can only pull yellow Digimon or yellow cards. So. If you use TK and see that you have a red hybrid there, you can then use Zoe to pull it on a following turn, or that same turn if you have enough memory. And then this deck is running 15 Tamers, which is, I think, two more than I ran, and potentially three more than most people ran in previous iterations of Yellow Hybrid. Uh, it's a lot of Tamers. Yeah, that's, it is a lot of Tamers, but like right now, um, Defex isn't as prominent of a threat. Nope. Uh, and even then, just 
them hard playing a death act sometimes doesn't actually mean anything in these types of decks because you know they just have tamers there's there's no way a lot of decks can interact with tamers um which is the strength of the deck where you just have your tamers act as level threes or pseudo raisings and then you just hybrid and go in and it's just that easy sometimes so um I guess that's that's really like the the crux of the the interesting decks or the different decks. Um, a lot of these other decks aren't doing anything super um, new or exciting as far as bringing something to the table that uh, one of the previous lists hasn't brought before. Um, I know. Outside of Lilith Loop, Lilith Loop topping was definitely a surprise to people. Like oh, yeah. the deck didn't go away. Uh, it's just a little bit. Um less favored in in a sense but like it's still a very good deck well i say that i guess given that like so it runs one i mean new yeah card. i don't think it's running it's just uh it runs death stinger that's so, it. like it, it has a little bit more mill based synergy um that's... actually no that that is the only card that like is wanting to be milled and the only mill outlets you have is uh zwart uh and creepymon and that's kind of it oh and junomon is junomon yeah trash the top three yeah so, so it's literally just junomon uh creepymon and zwart that's allowing you to use death stinger on top of miss memory boost yeah just the um not super different just kind of leaning into what made the deck good when it was better um or at least before the thing the, the other decks evolved around it. The main, I think, callback of this deck being that players are playing a little bit slower. And even if they don't see their pieces, you definitely have an opportunity to take advantage of the time that you gain with this kind of deck. Because the thing that I noticed, which is what made uh, D-Reapers really good, is... Um, the fact that you are like a lot of these stack based decks are just hiding their stack in raising because they don't want it to be blown out uh, out of nowhere or at random. Um, and that's allowing you to actually have some sort of a field presence before um, the opponent goes in for basically the kill, so to speak. And this deck is one of the better decks to actually take advantage of a field presence, even though it still is trying to build up its stack. I think it's interesting that we've seen the the swing. It's I wouldn't say it's too far in the other direction, but I remember talking about how Death X is probably the best card of the set, and how and then you you commented that not a single list that topped in that that event that we were discussing that given week had a copy of it. There were zero copies of Death X in the top sixteen, whereas now there are a couple decks that run it. Like, a decent amount of them, and they usually have two or three of them. Yeah, and uh, it, it is interesting that we are seeing more and more Death X. Um, but I also think, like, this is kind of where the rock paper scissorsiness of the format is starting to take shape and, like, really solidify uh, the rock paper and the scissors. Uh, because you have a deck like Metal Guru, where it functionally really doesn't need its tamers like it operates off of very little amounts of memory to have such a high output um so something like death x 
really isn't going to do anything against Metal Guru. But against something like an Alphamon, where they really need to set up their tamers and have uh, have their tamers on the field to do stuff, that allows you to play Death X easier. And then if they just can't get rid or deal with the Death X, then that becomes a huge problem for the Alpha player. Um, and then that's also kind of why uh, Gaiomon is so good, is because it does just mess with Alphamon because it could pop the tamers um, since they are running less coda um yeah since they're they're running running less coda Coda. they usually can pop two to sometimes even three tamers on the field depending on what the tamers are so that just sets alphamon so far back because they do need those tamers to do a lot of work for them in terms of their resource generation and management yeah um gaia also being great into d reaper just being able to swing into mother swing into and we saw that yeah and we've already talked to not really to death but like the strength of gaio and the weakness of gaio is really interesting which is why he's positioned the way he is in this current meta because like he has really good offensive plays he has really good defensive plays he's got really good tempo it's just uh against metal guru sometimes he is just a little too slow and sometimes his cards just don't do anything which is why uh, in that matchup it's a little bit more favored into Metal Guru's uh, advantage because they're going to swing into their digi- your Digimon and then your Digimon don't die. Okay. Uh, our, uh, the reverse, they have a big blocker and then you just try to aggress and then they use their one instance of blocker and then now you're just free to attack the rest of the security willy-nilly. So uh, it does have its own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think it's hard to position a deck when when thinking about your potential matchups and what things you might see. Melga is kind of just going to do whatever Melga wants. It is the deck that probably, on average, moves the fastest and does so in the least interactable fashion. As far as in its aggression, obviously there are more things that affect Melga as opposed to Alpha, but just the fact that they require fewer setup pieces and then can just use the ex-antibody option to reset and really push on the turn that they raise, that you kind of have to ignore them when teching because you really can't. Unless you're something like red yellow hybrid or security control and you just happen to run dp minus cards or removal pieces that gets around their protections then you might as well just not bother because you're not going to stop them they're going to be fast enough which is uh kind of true in in a sense like we've we've already kind of like ran some tests where perfect hand perfect scenario alphamon does just beat metal guru but that is perfect scenario which will rarely happen um it it does happen sometimes but um for the most part uh alphamon does have the speed but does require more setup and the reason why metal group does so good against all of these other otk based decks or all of these other x antibody based decks they're relying on their level six metal guru he's actually relying on his level five his level five is where you're uh aggroing with so you're effectively working one stage earlier than your opponent, which that could put you ahead in terms of trying to set up a lethal position or uh, kill them outright. Um, just to dive a little deeper to that, 
yeah, because I know I made this statement before, like, you know, in a perfect world, and uh, I'd seen some contention as far as that point. Like, oh no, Melga's definitely the better deck when you've seen And I, I honestly wasn't 100% sure. I had a strong feeling. So Zenitsu and I spent a little bit of time just going through, like, assuming you could have any one card in this instance, we're not having extra cards in our hand or extra memory, but we just played it out from both ends, either player going first, if you could just choose whichever every card you draw would be exactly the card you needed alpha wins 100 percent of the time there's nothing that melga can do just because of alpha mon's ability to be a large enough body that also black can run protection from bounce so in, in all instances alpha wins assuming they all see their pieces whether it goes first or second and it's actually pretty decisive and it's it's a really interesting breakdown where it's like if they just have their level four in raising and they're put at either two memory and have a cool boy or one memory and have two cool boys they could just go all the way up the chain and have protection and be able to break a lot of security and set up the fact that it's really preventing the guru player from uh being able to do anything past it or so, like, there, we didn't go over every situation because of it, it. We were trying to stick to, like, the most optimal play in each given instance back and forth, trying to keep the what we were considering as potential lines of play to be very shallow. And uh, so I never played a UG because it's never optimal in that instance to play a UG. And we were also assuming both players' security to be basically as irrelevant as possible, just five random rookies that don't do anything and will not affect the board because if you win via security that's not you can't control that at all um and so in the instance of the alpha player the alpha player always has the option if they ever do get a ug from security or in some other fashion have the opportunity to play one to like actually OTK because in both instances um the the alpha player wasn't winning the game in the exact turn that it raised but uh with the ability to tuck a second Oriumon it could or even just leaving um a really solid alphamon that the opponent just can't do anything about also could lead to lethal positions just because it will have two attacks and oh, yeah. on top of the uh, the end of attack ability could still matter to gain some extra memory uh, in case they hit like a stray hammer spark or something. Um, so it's it's still a very um, very commanding deck uh, against Metal Guru, and uh, like we already knew that Alphamon was really good to begin with, but um, just going down and breaking through those scenarios really kind of opened up the strengths of Alphamon. But I think because Alphamon is a little bit slower in terms of it actually wants to set stuff up versus Metal Guru, that puts Metal Guru in a more advantageous position against a lot of other decks. Like, Alphamon will feed off of control decks and decks that are a hair too slow, uh, but decks that are also pretty fast, if they don't, like, see everything, they can get blown out very easily and very quickly. Uh, not saying that's going to happen all the time, it's, it's just a distinct possibility. I think an underutilized strength or underappreciated strength of Metal X is its ability to have it has 
um, level 3 X-antibodies, something that Alpha doesn't have access to. So if you're doubled up on rookies, but one of them is a Gabu and one of them is a Gabu X, you can still rookie draw, rookie draw, 4-0, just effectively filtering that card that was previously wasted and irrelevant or something you would have had to hard play later to search, but now you're passing three memory. It's not a very efficient search for its rate. And you just filter that out. Whereas if the alpha player sees two rookies, it only has the option to hard play it or potentially discard it later, but that's a dead card until used otherwise. Yeah, it's it's one of the... It's definitely a huge strength to uh, Metal Guru because like even a deck like Grandis, even though they have one, they're never using they're it. They're never the using way, it in uh, that fashion. Yeah, yeah they're, they're never using it because... You have to pay one for the good Kokuamon that we currently have. Uh, that's in color, and, and it's just it. yeah, it's it's just too <laughs> slow. Like uh, I I've been going back and forth and thinking like, man, I really like the promo Sagittarius, and then I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, but it costs one to Evo, so it's just not good enough. Just because even though its effect is still really strong and could benefit the deck, there's just tons of reasons why I shouldn't run it, which is why nobody does. And this is why, like, a lot of people also kind of uh, limited wanting to run the promo Sagittarius, just because it's realistically not needed in the deck at all. It helps if you have the deck space and can run it, uh, but it's not a requirement by any stretch of the word. Yeah. Just, like, usually that single instance of protection, like, saves you from the first and usually only oopsie of security, it obviously doesn't necessarily do anything against bounces or from gaining memory but or de-digivolve, but most forms of either just hitting a large Digimon or strict removal is, is enough. And then uh, as far as some of the other top decks, uh, just going over them pretty quickly, like I think Grandis is pretty high roll. Like I think out of all of the OTK decks, Grandness is like the most high roll just because green doesn't have as much consistency. We've kind of been I, there, said that. I don't really believe that though. I don't. I think I think Grandis still struggles with its identity as far as it not requiring as many strict pieces and having generally better uh, stacks on average, but its best stack is I think way worse than Metal or even Gaumon. Um, Alphamon, like, it, it it just does worse if both players are doing well, but it also does poorly if it struggles because, I mean, one of its best additions to its OTK is Mimi and the ability for Mimi to add that raising phase or hatch a turn early and start going up the chain the turn that you raise, but also you have to play Mimi for four, which is bad. Uh, actually, the funny thing is, looking at the Grandness deck from Core, they're actually running a pretty spicy, uh, Blue Splash. Are they? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so they actually are running Kokuamon and, uh, Kokuamon X to be able to utilize that. Huh. Um, they are running for Davis instead of Mimi because Davis is a better consistency tool. You get more out of Davis, uh, on top of him opening up the doors to, uh, blue-green options. Which green, which blue green has some really good ones in the form of Megadeth and uh, I guess Gigadeth. 
because uh, this person's running two giga deaths. Um, and then, yeah, they're running splash tech um, blue hybrids just to use extra Davises. So, like, it's it's a very interesting list, and I could see why it was doing so well. It's playing um, to the strengths of blue and green. I I see. Although some of the, some of the tech choices are like really questionable. Uh, like Kunamon doesn't strike me as a card that's actually doing a whole lot. I guess it's an aggressive rookie, but like I don't know if that's what you really want or need. I'd rather just have that be an extra Terriermon or something. And then they're playing Kawagamon X Antibody without the Kawagamons, which you do have the EX1 Kawagamon, which isn't bad. Um, what are you looking at? But I guess they're just using it for piercing. Oh, like the f the fours. You're looking at the fours. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you don't, you don't care about the other one. Um, you just want the X's. That's, that's another reason why this deck doesn't necessarily run, uh, Cool Boys, because it uses yeah. X's, but it doesn't use them over their same level counterparts, unlike basically all the other ones. No, most of the X's are literally just coming from, um, Grandis and Okua X, and that's, that's it most of the time. So you're running a significantly less amount of X's to warrant using X antibody and um But you're running cool the same boy. amount of X's. You're just running you're not running no, you're their running, same level counterparts. Yeah. Less than um you're running two less. That's it. It it's mostly because it only activates if you go over the same level counterpart, which you don't run. Um but I think the Giga Death is actually kind of interesting only because if you see it in your hand, who cares? Because, like, you're you're not gonna play it anyway. But, um, it's significantly better in security than Megadeth, only because bouncing something that digivolves for zero to hand usually is irrelevant. But Giga Deathing it is is game ending if you tuck it to the bottom. Because it also bypasses like uh, bounce protections, yep. even though there's not a whole lot of them. Like, it's it is just a better security card as a whole. So, I although think... yeah, it's it also suspends. I was like, it doesn't suspend though. Oh, there it does. Yeah, there's definitely, um, there are a lot of decks that can do well and will continue to see come up. I've been tracking just the total toppings, like for myself, and my teammates. There's still like I guess. The most notable thing just being the move from like alpha being the most common deck to metal being the most common deck but we have a like me metal only being four of the 16 makes it like one of the more diverse metas we've actually seen even if it doesn't necessarily feel like it and I've mentioned uh, this kind of before, um, but this is a, a fighting game thing. I used to play a lot of fighting game things, uh, or I used to play a lot of fighting games. And like they had this philosophy where if everything was broken, then nothing was broken. And I think that's kind of like where we're at, where it's like the the lines between tier one and tier one point five and tier two aren't as like thick as people think. They're very very thin lines where something could just accidentally pop up and be tier two 
um, or tier 1.5, which is exactly what we saw with Deeper Gate. It was on nobody's radar, and now people are actually uh, considering it more and more, considering it's now seeing toppings consistently, at least one topping in the last couple of events, if not multiple. Yeah. It really, I think, leans more into that, um, like, I guess, more back to the concept of the rock, paper, scissors. Um, I don't know if we ever explained it too much. I know we kind of talked about some of the interactions specifically. Like, so, in general, most of these decks here are trying to counter at this point or lean into a better matchup versus Metal Guru X. That is the deck you expected to see most often, um... As far as, so, if eight or nine rounds in an event, you'll probably see Metal X three or four times out of the nine. And everything else, you just kind of have to just take it as it comes. But your your the deck choices in like within your deck, but as well as which deck you're taking, should really lean into that aspect. And so, if, you, if you're taking decks trying to beat Metal X, that's like your sec con and your regular hybrid, because they get around metals protections and prevent it from being as aggressive as they want to be um whereas those decks are preyed upon by metal x well alphamon because it has all these protections but also um metal x is with a red package or anyone with a red package i guess because it's just as splashable in any other deck um and to some extent d reaper I just know that the security control matchup is very in D, D Reaper's favor when played correctly, assuming they don't see their Death X Mons as frequently as you see yours. But then Grandis comes along, and Grandis, while just normally getting beat up by everybody else, kind of really shits on D Reaper, more specifically, because it can just swing over all of their Digimon they're trying to set up and prevent. So. Um, it's, it's and just take a cycle. advantage of the whiteboard. Yeah, it's just a cycle. Like, you're, no one deck is the best against all other decks, but it always has something to look over its shoulder about that's coming for it, you know? The fact that Seccon is a laughable matchup for D-Reaper. You're probably not going to see that matchup as Seccon, unless you tie, which you probably will. But even then, like, Seccon should mostly expect to see metal x's and maybe alphas but then even the alphas kind of hurt um like the seccon matchup because most of the cards don't do anything to alphamon no and that's probably one of the big reasons why um doru greymon is getting limited is because uh just too much protection uh increased damage output just because you can stack him multiple times like it's a good card and i know a lot of people aren't super happy about the uh ban and restriction list i i'm kind of with them where it's like i would have liked to see more and i think a lot of people's uh anger and frustration frustration uh comes from unmet expectations because anger stems from unmet expectations we were going in thinking that they would have hit more and they didn't uh, so that really pissed people off. Um, and I get that, but that's kind of just the dynamic of how things go. Um, they uh, Word on the grapevine, uh, I found out pretty early that they were just going to hit um, Doru Greymon, or like that was a card that they were considering on hitting. And 
I was just like, okay, well, they can't just hit that, can they? And that's kind of been like my mentality going into their ban and restriction list. Um, so I'm expecting maybe another update later down the line if nothing's really like changed uh, to see like what else is going to get affected and how this is going to affect our format when it comes into play. Because we have no idea when this effect is uh, or this like limitation is going to affect us. Um, if ever, technically, right now, if ever. Yeah, if. It, yeah, technically, if ever, we could see this limitation in EX3 for all we know, which means we still get all of BT10, all one month of it, um, to be able to play Alphamon still. Uh, but EX3 doesn't come out till November, so we still have a long time to continue to play the deck at uh, the capacity that uh, we currently can. But uh, that's the type of dynamic that uh, these rock, paper, scissor matchups have. Where like you can't just have this one omni like omnipotent deck that just answers everything. That's that's like literally borderline tier zero. And not even cross hearts as much as the Japanese hate it is on that level. Uh, it's just a good deck. Yes, yeah. probably the most played and represented deck in Japan. Um, at at the time of BT10 and a little bit more into EX3. Uh, but EX3 is proving to help balance things out, and that's kind of like the whole push and pull dynamic of these matchups um and right now just because everything is so high powered uh it it feels very swingy but it just proves that a lot of decks are viable uh and people might might not be expecting what is viable because i'm sure nobody was expecting that red yellow hybrid i'm sure uh war Greymon was falling off and here he is again so like there's just a lot more experimentation and uh, diversity that we could be uh, playing around with. It doesn't always have to be, oh, look at Metal Guru X. He's the best deck in the format. Guess I have to play him. No, there's still plenty of other things that you could play. Everyone has their own play style, and every deck has its own strengths and weaknesses. Hmm. So, I, I actually forgot that we haven't really spoken about the restriction since its announcement only because we talked about it so much over the weekend but uh so anyone that hasn't tuned into zenitsu's streams over the weekend um the my opinion at least on the restriction is that it isn't as unexpected i was definitely surprised i guess um as far as i was like wow only weren't only um doru Greymon. that's because I had just made the argument that I wasn't necessarily expecting to see Dora Greymon because it was featured so heavily in the deck store archetype, right? Like, they weren't going to kill a deck that had no competitive viability at all, but I guess it also put it in a prime space to be hit because Japanese players have already completely switched off of deck store. They never really played it to begin with, and they really don't care four sets later, three or four sets later. Like them killing a deck that nobody plays doesn't matter to them enough, which I feel like makes sense, because I, I even just played that deck at Locals over the weekend, and I was like, well, it's just worse Alphamon. Like, I literally never got the uh, deck Doru Gora's ability to go off and hard play a deck spawn from my trash for free, so... um, And the deck isn't 110% killed off, because, like, you could lean into the purple stuff, even though I think the purple stuff is just worse. But yeah, like I get, I get what you mean. 
Um, yeah, there's nothing to and... kill because there's no deck there already. <laughs> right. Um, Even though there technically is, it's it's not yeah, something that's I, actually worth I, worrying I struggle about. to find one that plays it still. Um, but, so, that being said, um, this does fit, and I guess it, it more clearly defines to me uh, what to expect in the future, assuming, again, like Zenitsu said, they don't actually have any like reactionary additional results because of the backlash from how it's been perceived uh, both here and abroad. Um, they do obviously uh, respond to Japanese players' feedback, especially because they aren't as... They don't care as much, usually, about stuff like that. Um, uh, so it clearly is must be enough of a, an issue um, for them to say that like these other cards need to be addressed or like you know clearly they only care about money but um they do I, have an I'm, mo yeah like i don't think it's 100 percent about money i've been in the position where i've had to ban and limit cards uh for the card game that i worked on and like part of it is the money but some of it isn't the money at the same time like we banned one of our high rarity cards uh one of our big chase cards because it was unfun it was not a healthy card in the card game so we had to get rid of it uh dexter graymon's um just De dora graymon or uh yeah dora <laughs> graymon's um sorry uh justification um even though they're never going to say it's because of money they they did not even mention at all the fact that alphamon was a deck that was uh extending its expected life uh life play and blah 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 like they they didn't mention that they just said look this card is not healthy interaction when it comes to digimon because there's just no interaction to have with it period which is why they were also limiting a lot of the hybrid stuff because it's just like look yellow is uh literally yellow hybrids are nothing um and they would rather you try to figure out how to use the other yellow cards and let other yellow cards breathe rather than just have yellow hybrids be the best thing from now until like bt 15 16 or 20 or however long uh, they go before something is better than Jet Silphimon. Um Well, so, I mean, it's just, there was a lot going on for the hybrids. We've already spoken to them a little yeah. bit. I, mean, I don't Tommy, disagree yeah, with their Tommy, restrictions Tommy at all. Was, um, yeah, Tommy was just also a not fun card, even though he wasn't doing anything. Any meta that would come back with a go-wide Digimon sitting on the field type of a thing, because they easily could, um, the blue hybrid package could easily come back in full force and smack uh everything in the meta unexpectedly and they would rather just not have that in the game uh to its current capacity or was its current capacity so yeah the, we already spoke about the, the north american ones but the the Dora gray just kind of solidifies in my mind what bandai considers when they restrict cards a is it low enough rarity to where it's not going to impact sales of previous sets so they still have yet to hit any card up. Is Tommy a rare? I think Tommy's a rare. Rare. Tommy's or a rare. So nothing, yeah, no supers and no secrets. Unfortunately, all of you Death X Mon Doomers, um, you'll have to you find some other horse to chase because I just I I didn't really see them banning it, and now I still don't see them. Ban I I understand it's very splashable. I understand it's very powerful, and I also just it's a secret rare. I don't think they're going to restrict it. I really don't. Because even if they 
I don't think they'd put it to one, which I guess they only put things to one or ban them because they don't want to make like a super complicated like restriction list. But um, I like the one or nothing, to be honest. I really it do. Seems a little like it, it. It would open the floor to more restrictions if they made it more loose. But if they're gonna I'm not do nothing, they wouldn't. if they're not if they're gonna make it simple, then I guess that it's better than nothing. And then, um, but De uh, Dora Gray checks the marks of it being potentially widely splashable enough. Um, I know some people in my locals were making fun of a Reddit comment where like, well, what if they want to make Black War Greymon X and then you can just run it there? I'm like, bro, fucking Grant or Gaumon's already Black War Greymon X. If they wanted to run it, they would, and they don't. So, um... Um, that and it's just the uninteraction un when it comes to the protections. Like, that's, I think that's the, the nail in the coffin. It being a really good, like, sec plus one inheritable, but it's, it's the protections. Without the protections, Alphamon is, is a completely different deck. Assuming it, you could it, just, it... if you could just staple the rest of that ability without the protections on another card... It at least changes the complete landscape of the card. Like now, Seccon becomes way better because now Alphabon doesn't just dodge all removal, and you don't have that threat of a deck that dodges all removal and can now safely run removal-based decks. Yeah, so. and like it, it's really ironic, um, just because all of these cards were also BT7 cards, and that kind of showed how pushed BT7 was as a set as a whole. Uh, at least in my perspective, I um, think and that has less to do have with. have a card. I mean, yes, it has less to to do with things, but it's it's just a uh, happy coincidence, mm. so to speak. I think it just but... has more to say with like the the actual age in which of the restriction of cards. I think, I mean, we'll see, but like, um, we are more like, I think we're just as likely to see restrictions from four sets ago, four sets from now of BT9 cards, or of BT10 cards, four sets after BT10. I think I think the age of the card had more to do with it, which is, because that was their reasoning for Savior, was not the powerful, the, the exact, it wasn't that powerful of a card, it was the restrictive nature of it just making anything they put Jessmon-based, being, or Royal Knight-based, because they, they, they probably knew at that point um, Jessmon GX was coming, but um oh they 100% knew so they um they didn't want to make that card broken based on a random interaction with a really old card and um just the idea that it they want to make good cards they want to make cards that people want to use they want to make interesting interactions between new cards and they don't want a random old card banning it um or making it like super broken um, as, as a lot of card games have with eternal formats. So we're very I think we're very likely to see maybe something like Cool Boy that was highly contested or Sunrise Buster, I think by like BT twelve potentially on the chopping block. Uh based on timelines on like how they've been doing things, probably yeah, Japan would probably be, be uh BT twelve and it would be RBT eleven. 
depending on when they give us the restrictions. Again, still no confirmed date if you watch a video about an Alphamon list without uh, four copies of Dora Greymon, you are wrong. But I'm I'm at least happy they are taking more slightly more of an active interest um, and willing to limit things more than just once a year. Uh, I mean, granted, we've only had like maybe two years and they've only done a limitation once a year. Um, but the fact that they are looking at things a little bit more uh, is definitely a good sign that they do care to an extent on like trying to. Uh, fix the game so to speak and have things um have unhealthy interactions be somewhat removed well so i would at least like to include here because i know we already talked about it on your stream over the weekend but just trying to get all my total thoughts across because i don't know if we'll return to this at some point in the future um like small doomer take that they like it does feel a little little odd that they they didn't re they didn't hit anything they made this whole separate list for japan like this announcement and it was one it, card it, well Im well implying that they were going to affect the japanese meta and then they hit a tier two deck like that's yeah, why that's, everyone that's was predicting also... like like i even like the sunrise cool boy buster people, sunrise buster yeah. or shout four or you know something of that nature because that's what the Japanese meta is dealing with. Those are the decks that they're seeing. Those are the cards that are oppressive to them. Why make a separate announcement if you're not going to hit the cards that affect them? Alpha affects us way more, especially, I mean, we're literally in BT9. It's one of the best decks, if not the best deck of the format. Um, and people still... It, hitting it for us would be substantially more impactful than it would be to hit them. And we're still, like, I just don't know why they bothered to make a separate... Maybe they had more cards on the list and they pulled them off, or they had less cards on the list and they like, well, we have to come up with something else to ban to appease. But, um, you know, them being a best of one, Alphamon doing Alphamon things... It, it, again, I guess because of the protection. Alphamon, for those of you that aren't aware... Alphamon's basically the only deck that has any staying power into BT10 and beyond, as far as the OTK decks. We live in a weird vacuum, a weird bubble. Grandis is still pretty good, only because of what Grandis is, but Metal gets way worse in a world where Sunrise Buster's run of a 4-of in every Crosshearts deck. Metal is the, the biggest loser of next format, as far as all these decks are concerned. Yes, and like part of the reason why I think like a lot of people want a cross hearts hit or something from cross hearts hit, um, especially Sunrise Buster, is because like it is basically hybrids 2.0, and I really wish, knock on wood, they stop doing hybrid type stuff. Uh, uninteractive tamers that spawn Digimon out of nowhere or hide extra resources. For you to gain some random advantages while I also really being ridiculously them. efficient yeah. efficiency yes. is the name because nobody would ban like like nobody banned red hybrids because they weren't running um they weren't using their red hybrid to digivolve for one they weren't gaining some crazy effect off of it they didn't restrict bayo 
in blue hybrids, they restricted Tommy because Bayo so far hasn't been the problem as much. Um, it was the without no, the Tommy cause... package recycling the level fours and stripping and stunning. Um, so Jet Sylphie was the problem, obviously, it being a recover a, that costs one ambiguous of what your security is was the problem. And so, it just lets you use whatever yellow top end you feel like is best at yeah. the time, which is like, you just yeah, replace... the deck, that deck is changing, but it's not really changing. And so you have something like cross hearts where the deck just runs all the cross heart pieces. You know, it, it's not necessarily super um, difficult to figure out what's a good cross heart list. What's a bad cross heart list, except for that, your primary card is cross four, not cross five. Even though you still run cross five. Just not, it's not the primary focus of the deck. No, it's just a cross four aggro deck where you just slam tamers and then trying to use those tamers to uh, spawn the Digimon or hold the Digimon to be able to play and reuse cross four over and over again. And because cross four is like an insane card because he costs super cheap. He swings one. the turn he comes in. He costs one. Uh, unsuspends your tamer to be able to reuse. Yeah, he, he effectively costs one. Like, he is just a hyper push card. And that's kind of like why a lot of Japanese players were and expecting something. And it's only something. a rare. <laughs> yes, and it's only a rare. So that's why a lot of Japanese players were really expecting something from Cross Arts to get hit, is because, like, it is right now their boogeyman. Or it, I guess it's our boogeyman. Still is. Uh, but, Still is, by the way. Yeah. It's still it still is one of their best decks. Um and unfortunately, part of the reason why they didn't want to is because like it's getting support in BT11, but I would have also thought and made the argument, but that's the perfect time because they're getting new tools to play with and this could like lean people more into something using some of the new tools. But anyway, um it, even Cross Hearts has its own sets of strength and weaknesses based on the format, and that's why a card like Death X is on the rise is because of these go wide tamer based decks that make it play like make it easy to play. Whereas right now, because everything is more single stacked, um, it's harder to play Death X, uh, and that's just the dynamic of uh, the card game itself and just card games as a whole is just. You can't you can't solve the problem for everything, and you just have to play to your best outs, the best that you can possibly do with the tools that are allotted for your deck. Um, I think another interesting thing to note is that even though um, Cross Hearts is is doing so well over there, they're still dealing with the the meta as it relates to um prior to our restriction so even though it's ex3 and our restriction for tommy and jet sylvie were announced weeks ago i guess not a month ago then they're they're still playing with them that was only for north america um which changes this the their meta slightly um yellow hybrids is still a, a top tier deck in ex3 without or with four copies of jet sylvie but um, while a North American slash English players are more inclined to uh, break things for the sake of competitiveness, they're, they're more likely to just play the deck that is more broken, regardless of whether it is more fun 
Um, it's just kind of in our nature. I know that's why they they say we have a weird inclination towards control decks or towards um, like security control and stuff like that. Um, there still was not a tier zero deck in BT10 or for EX3 at the moment. It's still a fairly diverse landscape at the top um, with maybe less decks having the potential to win, like as opposed to what you just saw with like the core TCG with 10 decks being represented. I could probably see that number get cut in half for the, the next couple formats that we are aware of, I guess, being BT10 and DX3. But even though that's true, we that's more what we're familiar with, right? Like previous formats, you really only had four decks total, like EX2, I think outside of like random one ofs or two ofs, there were only four decks that won or topped in EX2. Yeah. I I would definitely say that the spread well this this also goes back to like my whole uh fighting game philosophy if everything's broken nothing's broken just the the damage output and potential a lot of these uh decks have is just a lot higher so like obviously uh BT10 or not BT10 BT8 and EX2 were more hyper focused uh some decks didn't have their complete package so they were kind of like left to hang dry um until uh they get their support so they were just waiting in the support room um and certain decks like uh imperial who actually has a distinct absence this time around um but so does did, uh, armor yeah, rush yeah armor rush also doesn't have any presence in this topping and neither does mastimon so like mastimon, even though they're still i would be surprised if it showed up more so than surprised that it's not there mastimon hasn't been doing very well uh, and part of it is just how DNA decks play compared to uh, these X antibody decks. Um, and they require like, more setup, just straight up. Yes, they they require way more setup. And like even though the setup is really powerful when it goes off, um, it's just the more factor means that they won't be able to play as quickly as aggressively. Because, like, I was playing Imperial at the beginning of this format, and I noticed very quickly, if they, if I don't have a memory setter, and I don't have a way to go to three memory, or have a rookie on the field and be at two memory, I'm just not DNAing at all. Period. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and right. that's just the better of the DNA decks. So, yeah. Um, in conclusion, at least as far as, like, my, my understanding of the we're still we're still seeing decks show up that uh, can perform. Every deck can perform in that like tier one, tier one point five block. Um, and if anything, even you're just tier seeing, two. Yeah, like random like tier two decks showing up as far as high rolling, um, either getting just just good hands or good matchups or both. Um, they all decks have the capability of winning, I guess, is, is that same statement. Uh, a little nicer, but also more condensed. Yes. Um, so the restriction doesn't seem like the end of the world. Um, it definitely looks like we at least have room as far as trying to figure out what the best deck will be at the end of BT9. Um, 
it looks like it'll be Metal X, but we might have enough time remaining for another shift to occur. I don't know where necessarily, if there will be one, but uh, there just seems to be a lot of movement amongst the top ranks. Uh, un unfortunately, right now, we don't have any news as far as, like, upcoming larger events. We're kind of done for the time being. Um, obviously, there's always going to be something new on the horizon. We just don't know what that currently is or when that currently is. Yeah, you don't know um, until you know. I still it just kind of shows up. Yeah. I, I still personally think that Alphamon, like, card-wise, um, gameplay-wise, is the best deck, but Melga is definitely outperforming it. So, But that just goes to the strengths of the format and the Rock, Paper, Scissors nature of it all. Yeah, so anyone that stuck around this long, um, if you have anything that you want us to speak to, I know we definitely still, like, go through all the comments at the end of the videos, um, for those of you watching on YouTube. Um, but anyone that isn't, um, we will figure out something to talk about. Um, I know there are a lot more freeform topics that Zenitsu and I have been bumping around with as far as, like, if we don't have, um, a tournament to discuss directly, it'll give us more room in the episode to discuss, um, more of, like, a top-down discussion as opposed to just, like, arguing deck choices or card choices within a deck yeah and uh we're on uh just as a friendly reminder we're on uh, a lot of different uh platforms for podcasting uh obviously i have my youtube and i stream this over on twitch.tv slash um so these do go live um if you want to try catching one of these live and interact with us that way um that's always a fun way or just comment on YouTube or um, however you feel like wanting to contact us. Okay. With that, I will go ahead and close this episode out. Good night.